0: Star Bands What's that at the foot of my bed? It's spooky and kooky. I'm pretty sure it's dead. It's coming this way. Wait a minute, hey! I'm ghosted by Roz Eat me, please Hey Boo! It's me, Roz. I am going to keep it pretty quick on this intro today because we have got a full episode with Kirsten Vangsnes, who you may know from the TV show Criminal Minds on CBS. She plays Penelope Garcia. And um, I love Kirsten and so happy to get to catch up with her and to talk to her about this stuff. And it's a really Fun episode today. I don't have much to report anyhow um, from this week. Uh, one thing I could say is that I was watching on Netflix that TV show Haunted. Have you seen Haunted? I like Haunted. It's like a it's like a storytelling reenactment kind of show. And there was a season or two that came out. Um, within the past few years, and it's usually like someone that grew up in a haunted house or had some kind of thing that that spanned a, a period of time with a paranormal entity of some sort, and it's like them sitting in a room telling their family, as we see reenactments. But now there's a version that is the Latin American version, and it's in Spanish. I just started watching it, and it's very scary. I mean. It's a reenactment show, so it can be like a little cheesy, but the stories, you come for the stories and they are, uh, very good. So just, you know, if you're looking for something to watch, I thought I would throw that out there on Patreon this week, I'm back talking about eBay dolls and, uh, go check that out. Patreon.com slash that is on the first tier and, um, Link is also in the description of this episode. And on my second tier, the bonus clip this week is actually that thing that I've started doing not that long ago where I like ask my guests about their thoughts on different paranormal things. It is that uh, with Kirsten this week. So you can hear Kirsten talking about her thoughts on UFOs and Bigfoot and haunted dolls and all that fun stuff so without further ado here is my chat with Kirsten Vangsnes. on with the show uh Kirsten how are you uh
1: I'm oh I'm
0: I know it's a weird question no no
1: no the reason why Roz that it's a weird question is because I am doing wonderful and I say this fully aware of my my privilege and fully aware of the that I am the exception to the rule but I have found the last year although heartbreaking and has cracked me open emotionally in many different ways I have found it to be very expansive for my internal hologram I feel like you know I keep being reminded of like before you know, a caterpillar is a butterfly. They're just soup. They're just goo. And I feel like (laughs) I got to be, I've been goo for uh, like a year. Now I've got to explore the goo, which all of us, all of us have been forced to explore the goo, but I've been very lucky that the, both the environment in which I can goo explore and, um, (laughs) and I'm just going to keep going with that metaphor. And also like just, um, you know, I'm lucky, you know, my, my mom, my mama is healthy. And you know what I mean? Like all the people that I, I haven't had to go through this whole experience. I've gotten, you know, the heartbreak that I, that I have incurred has, has happened from watching other people go through deep pain. And it has forced me to explore, um, all of the limiting beliefs and the white violence that I have and, and, uh, inside of me and all this other, you know, my internalized homophobia, all this bullshit like that I've gotten to, um, been lucky enough that those have been my journal, my journeys in the last year. So I'm great.
0: You know, that's a good way to look at it though, because we were forced to do a lot of goo searching and, um, i I imagine some people maybe like I know for me i would I had so much z- searching of the goo and and uh you know, lots of things I've just been ignoring for a yeah. long time because I was so busy yeah. and and then I finally got to sit here and be like, okay, this is all horrible i have nothing i have I have no work, I have nothing to do, but also I have to turn this into a good thing, yeah, and, and i have I have to f- what else am I gonna do i'll yeah. I'll explode
1: exactly. Exactly, and and I know for for me, I'm, you know, you never know if you're an introvert, <laughs> you know. Get let a pandemic happen, and then you'll know if you're an introvert. I've always said yeah. I'm an introvert, and people are like, "No, you're not." I'm like, no, no, I am. I, I just, I love being alone, and I fell in love during the pandemic with a stranger online. So like. Uh, really? And now, yeah, now I have like the, I met like the love of my life like <gasps> eight months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and still I love being alone. Like yeah. I value, I, I, and it taught me something cause I watched a lot of my friends and I think it was also because, gr- you know, growing up and you have to, you sort of use your extroversion or your introversion I think is maybe a crutch. And I've always used my introversion as a crutch, crutch. like I was a real weirdo growing up and I mm-hmm. uh, always sort of have been and sort of outcasted. So I'm very comfortable. I had to befriend my own company because I only had my own company um, for long periods of time in my early childhood. So um, this was like an opportunity. I mean, it brought me to tears. It brought me to my knees emotionally. There were times, you know, I remember uh, when the protests were happening and it was right by my house and smoke is and there's It just, the noise was deafening. And I remember crying because I have never felt so safe inside my own body. Like when I was growing up, I never felt that safe. And although I was scared and I was so sad to see people going through pain and I was scared in that, like, gosh, that was a loud noise, like that kind of a thing. I've never been this at home with myself and this time has taught me to be even more at home with the home that I inhabit and make it more my home like this internal little meat puppet suit we live in temporarily uh-huh. is our home right and so you want to make sure that you decorate the fuck out of it and you you know design it to your liking because we have to we have to yeah
0: Wow. Okay, this is this is a great start to this because I think about um you know, of course we talk about ghosts and and that kind of a thing here and and I think about this idea of we're meat suits. I mean, to me, I think that we're all spiritual beings, and we're having in a these, human
1: experience. Yes, yes, yes,
0: that whole thing. Yes, um, is that how you feel?
1: Absolutely, and and I think that you know, I, I I'm probably I don't know if I'm the one guest you've had on here like this, but I distinctly remember um, getting the only slumber party that I ever got invited to as a child, and everybody wanted to talk about um, ghost stories, and uh, I would keep trying to steer it to Casper because that was the only ghost that I've ever been particularly <laughs> comfortable with, um, at all. Uh, I am very, I, I don't watch horror movies. I don't, I, I, I curate what comes into my body so closely because I can be so quickly, uh, dysregulated by anything that terrifies me. And I'm saying this fully aware everyone that I, if you don't know and you don't have to know this, I, I, I play a computer analyst on a TV <laughs> show that is probably the most violent show on network <laughs> television. It's called Criminal Minds. It's about serial killers and we reference real-life serial killers. So I have to I've had to say and do, and I was on that show for 15 years and oh um God. and I I can't tolerate watching or thinking about spooky stuff. So um I like to I I do believe that there are well, I think two things. Number one, Eckhart Tolle, the guy who wrote The Power of Now, he's, he talks about this idea of there being thought forms, like every thought we've ever thought, every experience, it exists. It's like out there. And, and if your radio signal is tuned to it, you'll pick it up. So I sometimes think that like old versions of people that get stuck, like the, the, maybe they're floating around. Uh-huh. And they get picked up. I also like to think because I I do have um, my best friend transitioned to non physical, which is the way I like to word it. I stole that. from okay. uh, I stole that from Abraham Hicks. Uh, if you yes, don't know who that is, um, of course. Uh, but my my uh, dear friend Michael uh, transitioned to non physical when I was he was twenty four. So I think I was twenty two, um, and he uh, and I had the honor of. Being there for much of the transition. And um, there was a lot of talk of like, okay, I'm gonna visit you and we're gonna make stuff together. And part of me was like, no, <laughs> no yeah. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, so freaked out. But like, I do think that spirit, I don't think that it's something we can understand. Have you read um, that book by Anita Mojarni? Monjar- M- I'm saying her last name very wrong. But she wrote a book. She died and came back. And the way she described death, I think, was super interesting. I just think there are things we don't get. Like, that I like to believe, because I actually did just have a friend that was older, transitioned to non-physical about a month ago. And I like to believe there's no such thing as loss. I want to believe that the punchline isn't over once we leave here and that maybe people that are, you know, caught on the drama triangle and super in their villainous self need to get their theater out, you know, after they've kicked it by, um, you know, doing creepy things. And, And I also believe, I absolutely believe that I am... I interface with people that have passed on. I, 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 it's just how I have to get through the day. I, I don't, I, I, I feel the presence of, especially my friend, Michael, like so often and so many like little inside things and, and stuff that I can't deny that. But I also am the, I also like really get freaked out about like, uh, that's why I'm good when I talk about a ghost story because I don't want it to be true. I just objectively know the facts. So when mm-hmm. I tell you my thing, it's like, well, this is what happened. So there you go.
0: Yeah. See, I've <laughs> when I started doing this podcast, I would ask my the the guests that would come on that were good friends of mine. I would ask them my final question, which was, Will you come back and haunt me if you? Uh, what's the word transition into the (laughs) non-physical yes uh, yes. before me Mm -hmm. and um and then I started to be like okay this is weird because like I don't want them just to like pop up in the middle of the night (laughs) one night like that's creepy but then I've realized from having other people pass that um It doesn't necessarily manifest in that way. Sometimes it's a song comes on the radio when you need to hear it or, um, you know, certain little signs you can get, you can choose to acknowledge. um,
1: Absolutely. And they're so normal that if you don't mark them, um, because they're so matter of fact, Those, those are the ones that I think are so interesting, is the things that are so matter of fact. I remember one time I was walking out the door of my house to see my mom and my sister and my dad. Uh, died about ten years ago. This is about eight years ago, and I had a terrible, really, ter- not. A, I um, he was a kind of uh, uh, parent that you have to create a huge boundary, um, because they, uh, have contracted you so much and done so much, um, of a you know, you, you're just not. You're not you can't be around them <laughs> I'm trying to mm-hmm. parse out my words really well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I have a much better relationship with him when he died. Um, and, uh, and I was relieved and it's a lot of, it's a very strange feeling when you don't, um, when you have a parent that you don't connect to and that you actually feel a great deal of, um, relief and, and safety with them not being physically present on the planet. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember walking out the door, I was going to go have lunch with my mom and my sister. And behind my back, I heard this d- dinging noise like someone had uh, used a triangle. And I turned around in my bedroom and there's a big bookshelf. And I had taken all my rings off. I was doing a show the night before and I had all these rings. And one of the rings I was wearing... It was in the middle of the bookshelf. It was in the middle of the bookshelf. And it flew up in the air and it landed in the it was I was watching it. It had fallen and it was spinning in a circle like like crazy. And it was my dad's wedding ring. And oh. when I had turned around, I remember thinking like something to the effect of like this relief that I get to go have lunch with my mom and my sister and like, fuck that guy. I'm so glad he's not here. <laughs> and, 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 that happened. I remember looking down at it and I said, okay, fine. And I picked it up and I wore it because <laughs> I was like, I got it, man. Okay. But still fuck off. Like you, you don't, you don't get to be there, but I'll wear your fucking ring. And I remember <laughs> making a recording of it because it was so normal, but so unusual You know, and if you don't note the magic in your life, I mean, I think this about everything. So many, I think that the non-physical and the things that we don't understand are always in concert with us. And if you note it, that pattern recognition comes up more. And why not do that? You know, even if it isn't, you know, even if you can explain it away, why? Why not try to notice if something is trying to get to you? You know, and I always mm-hmm. like to think that I'm energetically in a place. If I keep myself energetically at a at, at a good frequency, and that doesn't mean like super positive. It just means like gr- grounded, authentic. You know, if I keep myself who like really that my inside is a match to what I'm expressing outside of me, then I'm vibrating in a place where all the cool kind of people and stuff that isn't physical can be in concert with me. So I'm going to assume that whatever's connecting with me is good stuff and wants to help. But I think we can always use those things. I mean, I when I write even, I'm a playwright and there has been more than once that I've been like, okay, I don't know how to do this myself. And it's not like I've channeled. But it's, I don't know, maybe it's not like I haven't. I yeah. certainly don't feel like, I certainly don't feel like I came up with that idea. Um, so it's either a bunch of people, like a collective unconscious or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not that smart. So um, I like to think that, you know, our insides are in little, our little ghost inside of our body's legs to touch the ghosts that are hanging up in the sky before they, go recycle themselves into different meat puppet suits but maybe that's just me
0: you're giving us so much wisdom today this is a lot um <laughs> it's amazing though
1: i've been thinking a lot i've had a year you know yeah having-
0: i know <laughs> you too. um well you, you know some people might think that that could be a, a past life thing too you know the the channeling um you know reaching deep into your
1: time is a is a myth i think i think time i actually wrote a play about this because i was so interested in it um time i think happens at the same time so i don't time is not a line they've proven that uh so if it's not a line then it's all happening right now
0: (sighs) oh my god (laughs) Uh, to, well, also, when you have a year of not doing anything, time is really messed up. I have no clue. It, n- it expands
1: s- and contracts in a different way. It does. Ugh, it's
0: it does. so weird. Well, I wanted to go back to um, an earlier thing that you had said about uh, the the spooky things that you consume and how that affects you. Um, because first of all, I don't let me know if I if I get too spooky for you. Because I don't want.
1: Well, we're good. It's daytime. I'll be okay. I'll okay. I'll read through it. But yeah. do
0: you, from being on Criminal Minds for so long, do you have um? Do you have like this sense of you know how the sausage is made, and so it's not like when you see those things, it's not as scary, or is it still like is it hard to watch those kinds of TV no, shows? No, ma'am. I do <laughs> really?
1: Not. No, I don't. I, and I think that there are just people. I don't know the name for us people, um, but I know that there must not be just me. Um, but there are television shows and things that I genuinely would like to watch. Uh, I can't because they are not entertaining to me. I have written, I have co-written four episodes of Criminal Minds. I have watched, we, we did 325 episodes. I've watched maybe 10. <laughs> <laughs> because, and I mean, I've even wanted to watch my friends on it or whatever, and someone's like, "Oh, I play a dead body. I want you to see me." And it's like, I, I, I my my imagination just doesn't doesn't do that um that thing. And it can be really, um people can think that you're exaggerating or like make fun of you about it or try to try, and I've tried to do this. I've tried to kind of beat it out of me, yeah, you know, but it's like i I, I grew up with a lot of um, scary stuff and so that and it's not like um it's not like i couldn't handle it but it's like you're talking to the girl who just saw silence of the lambs like six years ago and i walked around for a good uh, two weeks, I wanted to tell everybody, do you know Anthony Hopkins is still out there? <laughs> did you see at the end he's still – did everyone see? Hey, I just wanted to go up to strangers at the market and be like, excuse right. me, have you, have you seen Silence of the Lambs? Did, did you see that part where they did that? And, like, and I was actively on Criminal Minds at the time. and And <laughs> so I have to kind of watch that part of me because she can get a little – Fascinate or something you know I think I think that there's something about um reinventing and not reinventing creating who you want to be when you were in a space where you couldn't be who you wanted to be because I don't know because of your life circumstances or whatever Ah. and and it's like um I don't need I I, it's not interesting to me to terrorize myself I I've been terrorized I'm not it's I don't do it for entertainment and some people need to do it to make Mm -hmm. theater out of it and that's okay like I'm not judging anybody I'm just saying for me um I'm the person who like I remember going on a date to Not Scary Farm and I I was raised in um I spent my teenage years in Orange County um and I I had to spend the whole time, like when the monster jumps out at you, for those of you who don't know, Not Scary Farm is like this. They have these monsters that jump out, and they're very elaborate. They have these elaborate spooky mazes. And I spent the whole time I, – I like – and I've gone there now multiple times because friends will be like, oh, Kirsten, you'll be fine. They jump out, and this is me. Hello, good sir. Uh, I like your makeup. <laughs> well done. Touche. You've got me this time. Like I have to make jokes. I have to like yeah. – I have to completely – break the break it i i um now having said that i'm a super light i'm super witchy like i'm all about like like i i i kind of run like uh i kind of run goth light uh, generally so it's sure. it's like a weird juxtaposition like i love spooky like i am the house that if you drive by my house during halloween you'll be delighted like it's delightful i have like full trees up like full fake trees with faces and fog machines but I also I go spooky not creepy do you
0: See, know the I live in the spooky too my yeah. my home is all spooky things but even though I talk to people about ghost stories all day I have to have my boundaries because at nighttime it can get scary when yeah. I start to hear these stories and I'm somebody like the whole not scary farm thing. I my whatever it is with me, I get like violent. Like my my first impulse <gasps> is to defend myself if somebody oh. jumps out at me. Yeah, you get you
1: get um I was just reading about this. There's um there's these people I love, Gay and Kathleen Hendricks. They have a site called The Foundation for Conscious Living. And they talk about fear and there's um fight, flight, freeze, faint, and flee. Those are the different kinds of how fear can manifest itself depending upon who you are so like for me when i get super scared i either go faint or freeze i totally possum out and it sounds like you go fight
0: i guess so see that the that thing was so frustrating to me because my idol is cassandra peterson elvira uh Uh aka and she she does pilates
1: at the same place that i do
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's, she was also... She was on this podcast. It was an Ugh. iconic episode. She's um, glorious. She's glorious. the best. But she always did Not Scary Farm. And I never went because I can't deal with the people jumping out at me. Ooh. Mm-mm. And then she stopped doing it. Ugh. Can I hear one of your ghost stories? Oh, yes. Um, they all kind of... Um...
1: They all kind of go in, but you stop me and start me as you wish. Um, so I was raised um, when I was a little girl, when I was about four, we moved to, I was born in Pasadena, California. And when I was about four, both my parents are teachers and uh, they got jobs uh, in the Central Valley of California, which um is like your car, if you were here in Los Angeles and you were trying to drive to San Francisco, it would be like your car gets possessed and makes a (laughs) left-hand turn and then tries to drive into the armpit of the Sierra Nevada mountains. And that's (laughs) where I was raised. Um, And I I say it with all the love in my heart because I want it to be like a John Cougar Mellencamp song. Like I want, I want where that is to be like that. And it can be, and also can not be that because there was a lot of um, poverty and a lot of uh, substance abuse because people aren't, you know, able to take care of themselves um, because there's not a lot of work and blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, Devin Nunes, if you're familiar with that particular politician, uh, Mm. he is uh, famous in America for um, supporting um, our previous president by lying and All kinds of nonsense, like very um, uh, racist and xenophobic and all this stuff. He is the representative of the central, of where I was raised. Um, It is the red part of California.
0: Got it. Okay. So
1: um, there's these little towns around there. And one of the bigger towns is a town called Porterville. And that is where I spent most of my childhood. And... um, Porterville is an old California town. Um, When I was a little girl, we would go to this place called the Zalad House, which the Zalads lived in. And they didn't live in there anymore. It was just like a big old Victorian house. It was really one of the only beautiful houses in Porterville. Um, And uh, we would go and, you know, it was like all this Victorian furniture and it was all like um, with ropes, you know, like partitioned off so you could just walk through with little kids like and you'd go every year so we all knew all the stories and it was really spooky um even just that you know what i mean like a victorian place with velvet ropes and you sit there and you stare at everything and you imagine what it's gonna be like at night and um i lived um on, on this street that was pretty uh desolate um off to one side there was nothing but a field off to one side and um It was not a great uh, street. Uh, My house burnt down soon after I moved away because the people who then lived there uh, made it into a meth lab and it burnt down. Um, And the um, street I lived on, although I remember being like, oh, it was quaint. When I went and visited, there were no sidewalks and, you know, children are in the middle of the street. Wearing no clothes but a diaper, like it—it was—it was was intense. And then you're like, "Oh yeah, this is, oh yeah, like this is this this is it." Um, so um, uh, now it's it's a little tiny story. The first bit is a teeny tiny story, and the second bit's just slightly longer. So um, I I had a very tumultuous upbringing, and my um my father moved out of the house. My parents didn't get a divorce, but he moved out uh and he would come back on the weekends and um my sister had friends my sister was um my sister had friends and she, she would she would go and be gone and I didn't have friends to sp- who invited me over to their house and so I was a very odd looking kid and i i you know um I think being queer in any way and and not not being good at suppressing it um, can make your life, especially when you don't know what it is, can make your life really um, tumultuous and strange when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did not know the words for, you know, or know how to handle, like I'm a, you know, bisexual who leans towards girls. Like, I don't know what that is, but you're enacting this behavior. And then on top of the fact of like this family stuff. So um, I was My mom, who was doing her very best, uh, really, 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 um, we had gotten into some sort of thing. And at night, I would get so terrified. I would just get these night terrors every single night. And this is the part of this story where you realize that Kirsten has a landline and you're
0: like, <laughs> I thought who, I heard has,
1: <laughs> who has a landline? Like,
0: oh, I love that, though. Is
1: Kirsten a ghost? Because <laughs> why would there be a landline? And also, why doesn't she turn it off? Because she's in a little pod of thing and she can't reach. So it's done. OK, anyway, so.
0: I um, love that though. That's the first landline we've ever had. in Oh, you're uh, welcome.
1: <laughs> See, it's good. I'm doing old timey. Um, uh, my mom insisted, like m- it's one of my mom's rules. Like I have to have a landline. You're like, why? She's like, because earthquakes. And I don't know what that means, but I just, I love her. So I'm going to do what she says. Um, so, um, I, I would get these night terrors and it's, my mom was really trying her best and couldn't really face all the stuff that was going on. Um, at the time. And, um, so she just couldn't handle it. So I I would get these night terrors and my sister wasn't at home this one particular night and I hated being in my room by myself. Um, both because of what I would do with my own imagination and because of what would actually happen. Like, and so me and my sister would, we would, um, we would try to do haunted houses in the house and, uh, in our bedroom, because for entertainment because we didn't really have anything. So you just play like Night on Bald Mar- Mountain on repeat from Fantasia and then like try to build like sheet forts and stuff and um, Cute. So, yeah but like and that's about as scary as I could go. So uh, we would do spooky things in the very room in which I slept but not super spooky because again I get freaked out um, but when I would go to bed and I would have these night terrors and by night terrors I mean I just wouldn't sleep all night uh, that were well founded but uh what are you gonna do um i would hear this tapping on my uh on the window and the window um of my bedroom was the very front of our house we lived in this dilapidated um house that was like built in the probably like the 40s and it was kind of like a craftsman so it had these big old um paned windows on the front and so my, my bedroom was, there was this window and I would hear this tapping and, and, uh,
0: On the first floor?
1: Uh, yeah. It was only a one floor house. Uh-huh. And, um, and it was, like I said, like, and this is, I was in like seventh grade and I, when I was in seventh grade, I would get beat up all the time. I looked like a boy and by beat up, I didn't get beat up. I did in, in seventh grade, there was something that was called being trash canned and that's where they put you in a trash can. <laughs> um, and, um, oh, God. and, you sort of band together with other you know in my in this at this time, it was of uh, three other girls that um also got beat up. And you're not really friends, but you're just kind of like you stay together in a pod as often as possible totally um and and now my garage is making a noise okay, I'm back um so um so i I would have these weird things happen in real life because I was negotiating a lot of stuff and hormones and school and all this. So I would hear things in my head. I was full bananas in seventh grade. Um, And I can call myself that because it's me. Um, So I'm allowed to call myself bananas. And uh, like I would count, I was doing a lot of like, I've got to count to seven uh, every time I do this. And um, I was, I I just all kinds of things that I'm not going to bore you with, but when you're hearing tapping on the window and you're already doing all this other weird stuff and you're doing all this weird stuff, because again, no one's like, oh, this kid is this, all all this other um, stressful things happen to kids all the time. Primary caregivers are figuring out their lives and how to manage stress. And then you have these children that they've decided to have that are literally getting bathed in this wash of the way that their parents have been taught to handle stress and my uh parents weren't good at that um especially my dad and um and so I was really weird so I would hear this tapping noise and everyone was always everything was my imagination so everything I saw was my imagine it was always just Kirsten's histrionic and Kirsten's whatever and this one night my mom um said like she just got like fed up with me being afraid because I would kind of tiptoe in in it was my bedtime and I'd keep kind of going in to like try to sleep on the on the floor in the hallway and by her by her bed bedroom and my sister wasn't there, my dad wasn't there and she was like, go in there. She like yelled at me. And I get back into bed because I had already gotten out twice because of this tap, 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 tap. And then I went back in and then I go back in my bedroom. And it's now it's tapping like consistently. And I'm like, I got. It. I'm gonna. I I can't. I can't go back into a room because if I do, I'm gonna like lose. You know my. You know it, it, we had we had hit the like. You lose. You know two weeks of phone privileges and you you can't. We had we would hit a a consequence was going to happen if I did it again kind of situation. And this tapping just starts going, going, going. And my head is by the window and I can feel the window like moving. And all of a sudden, I just like close my eyes. I'm like, I'm just. Gonna ignore it. It's my imagination. And the second I say it's my imagination, it's like someone took their fist and hit the window. And it's like boom, boom, like right in my ear. And I jump out of bed and I run down the hallway and I tell my mom and I and I lose everything. But at that moment, I don't care. Like, do it, do it. I'm not and uh, to the point that my mom believed me enough, she was like, "You're in so much trouble. You lost all this. I was still in trouble." But she very angrily, I remember she and it's my mom is lovely, and at the time going through so much, you know, it's hard being a single, not single mom, and you got this narcissist guy. So I want to give her a lot of compassion and just yeah. say like she was in a state, um, but you know she's doing the best. I remember her angrily taking these two giant, you know, pans like the, these old Italian, you know cast iron things and like banging them together and outside and but there was nothing out there there was nothing out there and uh oh so she was brave poured, and she
0: went out to get the boogeyman
1: well yeah because she well she knew that there was anything out there and and like it right. was within seconds that she went out there there was nothing there and then when i went back to bed i put myself to bed with like this i mean it was awful like it didn't bang like that anymore, but the tapping and it was so annoyingly um, inconsistent in that it seemed to be, it seemed to be um, moving with how I was thinking, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I would finally calm down and then it would be like, and would like, and then it would kind of stop. But, um, and then it it, it, Faded out because it used to happen, but the only one time did the big bang thing happen with the with what sounded like a fist. Now that was in seventh grade, and now, as I have,
0: si- okay, sorry, no, go ahead, no, please. Well, I was wondering if you had um, like an explanation for what this was, but is that what I, you were?
1: Well, I'm I'm kind of it's not an explanation so much as a validation of sorts or something. Okay, so. Seventh grade, like if I showed you a picture of myself from seventh grade, you would be like, "Who like where's Kirsten in that picture? Because I was so um, covered with life and stuff like that. so flash forward to you know we move out of Porterville I go to I put myself into therapy at 14. I start threatening um, emancipation and stuff like that just to try to create space between me and my father like all this all this stuff, right. We, um, once we moved to Orange County, um, I decided I want to be an actor, but I know I'm not going to be able to do it for a living. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just get a day job and I just do theater, you know, forever. I get fancy day job. I get criminal minds. I start being able to do things at the same time. She has a landline. I don't know why it's ringing and I'm embarrassed.
0: Earthquakes. I'm
1: embarrassed. I don't know what to do. It's a cross. It's, <laughs> it's across charming. I love it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. It, um, all right. All right. This is where you radically self-forgive yourself for things. Okay. Here we are. We're back. Um, um, I got scared and then I just belched because I got scared. That was a fear belch. <laughs> that just happened. Um, so, um, so okay. So, flash forward, you know, here we are. And, um, so two years ago now, yeah, two years ago, I have this show that I I wrote that I've done multiple times in, uh, here in LA. Um, I, I took it to Alabama because I wanted to see if, um, it would, I took it to Alabama after, um. Trump became president because it's all about how, um, we create, um, the world outside of us through the world inside of us. And I thought, well, this resonate in a part of the country that is different than here. And so I took it all over these different places. Um, and it's spooky. It's kind of spooky. It's about my, uh, growing up and it's about negative self-talk and how I kind of created, um, I, how I was co-creating and about time happening at the same time. with so all about all these different things. And speaking of uh, spooky things, uh, the spooky, spooky writer, Neil Gaiman uh, actually uh, said that my, this play, my play mess is his favorite one person show. Um, so uh, it, it's, it's just that spooky. And I, I took it to Edinburgh and all this stuff. So about two years ago, I thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be cool if I took it to Porterville? There's a theater there called the Barn Theater, and um, wouldn't it be neat if I if I took it there? So I asked a bunch of my friends. I was like, I want to film this, and I hired like three or four of my friends that didn't have a, a job right then, but I knew were good at certain things. Like, okay, that friend is really good at camera work, and that guy. really So we all got to you know we all caravanned to Porterville, and to, and I'm gonna do this show mess. And we're going to do it at the Barn Theater. And the Barn Theater is legitimately an old barn that has been there forever that they've just sort of added things onto and made it into a theater. And um, it has some notable people that uh, are, have acted on it, including me and Alice from The Brady Bunch.
0: Oh, um, wh- what's her name? Th- uh, Ann B. Davis?
1: Ann Davis is from Porterville. Oh, um, my God. So,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so... Um, and she did theater there and, and there's a, so when I get there, it's really strange because when I lived in Porterville, everybody kind of treated me like I was invisible or they were going to put me in a trash can. Um, and then you come there and you've got this thing, you know, they've seen you on television. They treat you totally differently and go into the lobby with my, you know, friends and people are taking me across the room and like, oh, look, there's your dad. They have a picture of my dad because my dad was a, um, uh, an opera singer and stuff, and did community theater there. So there's a picture of my dad in the lobby playing Nanki Poo in um the Mikado, which is just as racist as you can imagine because it's a white man trying to not look like a white man. It's very disturbing. Uh, okay. um, and at the time we were there, if they were doing um the the musical Mulan, and it was uh, oh, very, also no. disturbing. Oh, um, no. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, and me and my friend's show, we're like this band of weirdos, like, um, in the in the best way. But so we, so we show up, and um, I'm doing the show. I'm going to do it for three days there. And it's so hot in Porterville, like, because it's the summertime. They have a swamp cooler on the stage. It's so oppressively hot. And there is a green room in the back. And they said, oh, you haven't been here uh, in a long time. But you remember the green room. And I had never really been. I, one time when I was in seventh grade, I was in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Um, and I was the girl with the naturally curly hair. And I'd been there for a second. But I don't totally remember. But apparently, I could be. it sounds so bizarre. But I think that this is true. There was a restaurant in Porterville that was um, like old, old, old restaurant. And they moved it. They picked it up. And they drove it to the barn theater and they attached it to the barn theater. And that became the barn theater green room. And, uh, and so it's like a, it's like a building. It's not a big building. It's a room attached to the rest of the theater. It's kind of hard to explain unless you were actually there seeing it. But um, so we're, we're doing the show, but everybody, we always go into this room all the time because it's so hot while we're there like I said, it was a couple of years ago. It, it's freezing cold in this room. This room is never not freezing cold. It's like the air conditioner only works in this one place and it works so good in there that you almost want to put on a sweater. And so we're there one night and I'm showing my friends like, this is where I'm from. And we go get a hamburger. And while we're, I get a vegetarian hamburger. Um, and while we're eating it, the guy, um, who works there goes, Hey, I heard you lived uh, over there by, uh, in he, you know, Mountain View. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, Whoa, you grew up rough. And I felt so validated. <laughs> um, and so the last day we're there, um, my friend Stacy, who's stage managing it, is there. And um, my friend Derek, who's doing the camera. And my other friend, Steven, who's running the other camera. And I'm doing two shows that day. So I've already done one. And I love taking like a 10-minute nap. I'm like, I'm amazing at these. It's like a robot power down and I'm out. So I'm sitting in this lazy boy in this green room. It looks exactly like every community theater green room you've ever seen. And I've done a lot of theater in community theater. Oh, I
0: miss that.
1: But you know what I mean? It's got like three random chairs. Each one has a story, you know, from Uh someone's house. And then they've tried to, you know, they have, they've succeeded in making like a kind of like a dressing room table with the, you know, the marquee lights around it. And, and um, I am going to take a nap. And there's a light switch uh, to this room and it's really tricky. And I, it's tricky. You got to figure out how to turn it off because you got to push it in and turn it off. And we, we turn it off when we do the show. Um, so I've turned it on and off a couple of times, you know, since I've been there. And we're only there for a few days. So I'm taking my little 10 minute nap and I'm kind of laying there and everybody's kind of wandering around getting ready for the show. And I'm going to take a nap. And I pull up the thing. Oh, and the night before, I was going to say this, the night before, the people who were running the theater, we all go walking around and we walk by the Zalat house. And when we walk by the Zalat house, which is that old house I used to look at when I was a kid. And it's completely pitch dark. And the girl says, she's like, you don't even want to look in the windows at night because it's so haunted. (laughs) I was like, really? And she's like, the whole town is haunted. (laughs) I was like, it is. (laughs) I felt like so, like, yeah, huh. And then when we were at the theater, I'd also forgotten this to tell you. It said, and I did not witness this, but one of the women who worked there had said, oh, I can't tell you, more than once, people will come to me after intermission and say, there is someone behind me and they're moving around and they're doing all this stuff. And she's like, and there's no one there. <gasps> and it's always in the same parts of the theater. And she had mentioned that too. And I was like, huh. And the back of this, the backstage of the barn theater is so cavernous. It's an old barn. It's huge. I don't know how to, ex- again, explain it unless you were there. But, um, and I before shows, I would wander around. I only did like four shows. There, but I would wander around and be like, if there's a ghost back here, I'm totally cool. But could you just <laughs> be cool with me? Like, I, I'm trying to be very respectful. And I brought all my bells and whistles. I was like Palo Santoing that bitch. I was like- Oh, so you already sprain-
0: are all into that. Oh,
1: oh yes, my friend. Girl, I was like bringing bells. I was like the whole, that part of the haunted mansion with the tambourine and shit. I was like that. <laughs> but like- but like the, op- maybe the- my version of the ghost story is how to not get the ghost to come in. Um, but I was like, I just want it. If there's something, cause it felt very heavy with memory, but Porterville feels like that to me. Cause I have a lot of heavy memories. It's almost like I wouldn't be surprised if past versions of Kirsten would show up in places mm. to haunt me for being a dick to them at that time or something. Like I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm, I'm, Taking this sounds nap. like a
0: movie. Going back to your hometown, <laughs> P.S. I, as you're telling the story, I'm I'm looking at Porterville, PortervilleBarnTheater.com. dot Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm there at, it is.
1: Oh, See,
0: wow, okay.
1: I'm not making it up. Um, so so I, I go to take I go to take my nap. And I can hear everyone. And, you know, it's this really, I love it when you just tell a story and you can feel it go go full circle. Because when I was a little girl, like I said, I I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep until I, uh, like through the night until I was 17. And I moved in to my friend James's house and slept at his house. Uh, That's when I started to actually sleep through a night. Um, And even then with night terrors. And by this time, two years ago, I was at a place in my life where I can sleep. Like I feel relatively safe enough. And I was all, and by the way, I don't want anyone to think this is just a side note. I don't want anyone to, who's listening to this to be like, Oh, Kirsten's had it. So if you're thinking this, Kirsten's had it so bad. I didn't have it that bad. And I feel like crap too. You don't know how bad I did or didn't have it. And you don't, I just have, I have a very sensitive system and you know, we all have our bag of rocks and things happen to us. And I am mm-hmm. always very sensitive about like saying stuff. Cause I don't want anyone to ever think that like, just because something, just because someone's had like trauma, it doesn't mean that like we should like everybody has it. Like don't specialize it. Am I making sense?
0: Yeah, totally. And okay. I don't think it's helpful to compare pe- like people's experiences. No, to each Cause the prom
1: queen ever. will cry if she does not get the pony she will cry right. and her yeah and her tears are just as important as everybody else's i know we want to believe that you know the other tears are more valuable or something like that but they're not like you can you know there's all there's there's room for all the experiences and all the experiences can be alchemized into beautiful things so mm-hmm. anyway here i am laying on this thing like re- reveling in this beauty of like oh my gosh i'm laying on this on this chair in this place that used to scare me and everybody's okay. And like, look at me. Like I got to come back here and make some theater. Like, and my friends are here and I can hear my friends moving around. Everybody's kind of getting ready. And, and th- there was like going to be like a lunch break or something. So they were all kind of like heading out. And I hear, um, I know that there's three people in the room. So I hear one person leave and I hear, and then I hear Darrett talking and I hear Darrett leave. And then I hear and then it's silent. And so I'm just in the room by myself. And about two minutes goes by and I'm I'm like all cuddled up. I'm very awake. I can hear the air conditioner. It's cold. I was awake. I was wide awake for this. My eyes were closed, but I was wide awake. And, f- and knew who was in the room and who was not in the room. <laughs> and under- I understand passage of time and all of that. So that's why this is like so clearly real. Um, I remember being like the lights on and I'm kind of moving my head around and trying to take my hair and put my hair over my eye and create a hair face mask. Um, (laughs) and so I'm kind of getting snuggled up on the couch and I'm making this move. And as I make this move, I hear the switch do that little weird, like clicky thing that you have to do to make it turn off. And then the lights turn off. Uh, Stacy, the stage manager came in and turn the lights off i thought that was super great because you know me as the performing artist who had actually pee the fuck ass the show right before that in the afternoon got heat stroke and had to go to the emergency room um oh god uh, which i used to do almost every summer in porterville is get heat stroke um just for standing um and uh uh not emergency room like you know like you know we have to go to urgent care urgent care um so i had to go get urgent care and get like gatorade and take Advil so I was tired you know whatever so I'm all bundled up taking my little nap and you know my little period of time goes by and I open my eyes and I the lights were off and I you know go back over do the little difficult you know thing that I've kind of figured out to turn the light back on and now I'm getting ready I have about 45 moments for the show I'm getting ready and whatever I see Stacy I'm like I saw what you did there thanks for turning off the light and she goes, huh? And I said, you turned the light off in the in the thing. She said, I didn't turn the light off. No, you did because Derek and Steven left and you must have come back in a couple minutes after because, no, I haven't been in there. No, you no, you turned the light off. She's like, no, because I went in my car and she had like a whole thing. So now I'm like, no, you n- – no, because and, – and it was so obvious that there was no one in the room with me and that the lights had turned off that like – it was, it was impossible. It was like impossible. So then I'm going around to everybody like, Derek, you came back in. What are you talking about? You came back into the room just now. You came back in, I took a nap and you turned the light off. He's like, no, I didn't. <sighs> Steven, did you I'm <laughs> going around to everybody? Oh and then God. I tell the woman in the lobby, I'm like, um, did anybody go back there? And they're like, no, we've made sure no one's gone back there. Blah, blah, blah. Cause then they thought that I was being like prima donna actress. Like did somebody, I was like, no, it's just the light turned off. And then when I said the light turned off, they were like, oh yeah. <laughs> just like,
0: mm-hmm. were they like, that's the light turn off ghost. They
1: were just, they were just very like, not surprised at all and there's no way no it was silent like there was i can't you know the you know how loud a backstage of a theater is like you hear when people are walking around like it's not so so it was and it's one of those things where like if i tell you it's so simple and you can go like well no well i was there and it's not that simple like you be me and be there and be like it it's there's the light turned itself off. I don't know how it happened, but you're talking to the girl who had been walking around for two days going, okay, if you're a ghost, you can come, but be, participate, like be cool. Like, Yeah. and then when that happened, I, you know, once I realized like, oh, that really happened. And I don't, again, I don't care if it happened because a very strong wind that was just happening in the area where that light switch was pushed the light switch down. I don't care. That's not what happened, but yeah. I, what I love is that I was conscious of, okay, whatever's here that I can feel, you can be here. Just participate with us and don't scare me. Cause I don't want to be scared. And I do feel like that is something. If you, even if you think you believe in stuff like this, like, I do think it's important to like communicate and be like, please don't be a dick to me. Like, yeah. cause sometimes when you're, when you're translating through just your consciousness, you think you're saying, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of. But like, I think that maybe they're picking up on like, oh, you want to be afraid? Oh, watch this. Like
0: Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. I
1: didn't want that. And I remember doing the show that, that night and the show is all about like sort of the unseen and all this different stuff. And, I really felt that energy, you know, and it was a great show. And, and it really boils down to like, all I know is I know my internal experience and I know the experience that the audience had that night with that particular show. And the, you know, so what if I was in concert with all that stuff? Cause that really was what happened. Like if you put me on a polygraph test I, and it doesn't, again, it doesn't sound like much like the light turned off, but. It was a big deal to me. that's about yeah. as as strong of a ghost story as i can I can do, and I feel like i I transmuted the ghost experience I had as a child into one where I sort of reflected back to it how I wanted to be treated. See, you have to tell ghosts how you demand to be treated, not just humans.
0: I believe in that too, absolutely um and verbally. Um I think about constantly cuz we talk about haunted theaters and the stuff on the show often and I always think about like if I was to have one of these experiences and then go on stage I, my brain would be so distracted or whatever but I mean
1: oh I was y- so lit up with cuz because as an artist any artist and when I say artist I mean someone who makes soup I don't care <laughs> we are an empty the job is to be as empty on the inside, I think, as possible and to let whatever is going to feel, whatever needs to speak, speak through us. And so that's what I i mean. And I've been in so many old theaters now. Like I, I do um, these things called selected shorts where we get to travel all over the country and read short stories. So I've been to old theaters all over the country and you can feel it. And totally. it is, it, you know, I mean... That's where I'm gonna haunt for fuck's sake. If I'm I'm gonna go to all the theaters.
0: Hell I'm yeah. Haunt all of them. Well, and sound stages. I mean, really yeah. a lot of places that oh, actors yeah. are. Um I was actually I'm on uh Weirdfresno.com and they're talking about <laughs> the uh where I get most of my news. They're yep. talking about um the Barn Theater here. It was founded in nineteen forty eight 1952, a new edition was added. Okay, I'm just not too- That's the new edition is the one in 1952, I'm pretty sure. I know, yeah. this is all very... Um, not that I'm trying to fact check you, but this is your... No, but you should, you should. <laughs> the theater has had many an actor come through its doors over the years, including Ann B. Davis. It seems that not all have left... As several strange occurrences have been reported throughout the years, people have reported feeling an audience in the room, even though the theater was empty. It's very similar to what you just said. I know, uh, I
1: know, I know, and my my assistant actually she's very like very aware of energy and stuff like that and and she had mentioned after the woman said it, and she was like, "Can definitely feel it and it's one of those things of like you know people who are sensitive to energy, and I'm one of those people. You know, I do the same thing with myself when she was like, I can definitely feel it. My brain is going, oh, sure you can. Uh, and but I do the same thing to myself. Like, I do that, too. So yeah. I get it. Um, but no, you definitely can.
0: It says, according to the Porterville Ghost Society, um, which I guess there is, it says. Because um, it's others- haunted. It <laughs> the, the, sounds like they have a lot of uh, places to ghost hunt. Um There's uh, others have reported hearing clapping and laughter as well as seeing shadowy figures. (gasps) Well, we have a new story we can add to (laughs) weirdfresno.com. I should write
1: them. Huh? I didn't, I didn't think about it. Yeah,
0: this is amazing. Well, it also says on here, an evil gnome like creature terrorizes a farmhouse in Porterville. What? Okay. Now I was a kid. No,
1: when I was a kid, um, Okay, uh, uh, there was a girl I knew um, and she lived in, you know, and it, again, it's a very, um, it's economically very repressed and always has been there. So there's a lot of like sorrow and stuff mm-hmm. But there was this old slaughterhouse. And um, I remember one time we went into it and it was just as terrible. And I mean, old slaughterhouse, it's just like this big barn with like slats so the, you know, the sun is coming through and it had one old refrigerator in it and if you opened it, there was just a giant cow's head that was decaying and had been
0: forever
1: and, you know, that's when you haunt yourself. That's just (laughs) self-haunting.
0: Well, can I play some ghost voices for you? sure okay it's time for evps or ev please. have you ever heard the term evp
1: evp like an evil very important person
0: <laughs> yeah it's like an mvp but um for villains no yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. a like um it. electronic voice phenomenon so it's um like when ghost hunters, like the Porterville Ghost Society, shout out. Um, it's when they capture an audio recording of what they believe to be a ghost. Goodness um, sakes. So uh, what I do is I go to YouTube and I find... EVPs, and I have my guests listen to them, and then you okay. you can tell me what you hear, if you okay. hear anything, and then I'll okay. give you some okay. options, and one of them is okay. going to be what they believe it said. <laughs> okay, okay. 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 Um, I'm scared. I'm scared. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. So I went to Pasadena. And I don't know why I was drawn to Pasadena. I guess I, I for some reason, was thinking that you were from Pasadena. Um, I was born in Pasadena. Oh, OK. Yes, yeah. you did say that. Um, But for some reason, I was like, we're going to do Pasadena today. And I found this great YouTube channel that's just called Pasadena Paranormal. And they have, which uh, not I, I I resist saying like, oh, that's a super haunted place. Because I feel like, a, like most places are. Well, it's an are. old, old town. And it's got so much beauty and history. Oh, Pasadena is so haunted, though. Yes. Um so this didn't really say where. It seems like it's this is is an investigation they did in a house of some sort. But tell me what you hear this ghost saying. Okay, this has been edited. Um so it sounds a little robotic, but uh tune in here. See if you can hear anything. okay it sounds like he's saying get out of here yeah that's a great guess let me play it again totally get out of here or there's no one here yeah something here well i have some options okay is it a do you want a beer b what do you fear c come up here or d are you queer um i'll play it again can you play it again yeah
1: Okay, I feel like a human would want him to be saying, what do you fear? But I really think that he's saying, do you want a beer?
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. To me, that's what it sounds like. Do you want a beer? Um, They believe it's come up here. But I also hear here as well. Wait, let me play it again. I hear get out of here or do you want a beer? But either way. Oh, come
1: up here. Come up
0: heard... here. That works. Yeah. I'll give it to him. Okay, here's one more. This is from the same channel. Um, also not sure where, but someplace in Pasadena. This goes to saying this. It's, um, it's like two different sentences. Um, here we go. <laughs> it's definitely a okay, different sounding voice. Play it again. Okay. Oh my gosh, I can't even get that. I know, it's a, it's a little hard. Um, I can give you some options. Okay, give me some options. Is it A, sashay away, girlfriend? B, stay away, go back? C, step aside, I'm mad? Or D, you stained my dress, you're dead? Okay, play it again.
1: I want it to be sashay away, girlfriend, but they would have to have kicked it early. um...
0: Sashay away, girlfriend. Play it again. I truly hear you stain my dress. You're dead.
1: Now I can't hear it because the landline, because the ghost landline. I'm just going to say that I have a ghost and it rings my phone. It is true because usually when I pick up the phone, no one's there.
0: So, oh, I'm, yes. God, I miss maybe. landlines. I was just watching Columbo last night and they had a landline and it made me. <laughs> um, so what is it? Okay, they believe it's saying, stay away, go back. Okay, now that okay. we know that, let's hear it. <laughs> I hear that.
1: Oh, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Stay away, go back. Um, okay, let's do one more thing real quick. Why can't,
1: hey, just if go, if there are any ghosts listening to this podcast, can we just ask you from now on, just get real close to whatever recording device. <laughs>
0: exactly. We want to know. And
1: enunciate, do some red leather, yellow leather or new, unique New York. Exactly. Like, you say that, that will help us all.
0: Projection, all of yeah. it. Um,
1: paranormal mumble mouth isn't helping anyone
0: (laughs) paranormal mumble mouth that is just that's we gotta do something with that you've given me you've given me a lot to think about i so appreciate um you doing this and taking your time i think it's I think that's about it. I think, I think we should end it here. You've been so generous with your time. And honestly, I think that we could make this a um, (laughs) two-parter because we talked about there's, it's just, it's dense with knowledge and wisdom and ghosts. Part
1: of me, part of me was like, okay, as I'm telling my ghost story, I'm like, is this ghost story stupid? I'm like, but it's mine. It's the one that happened to me. So it's, it's just what happened. So I'm just reporting the facts.
0: Yeah, no, I love this ghost story. Um, Well, thank you. Can you tell people, you know, like where to find you, your videos? I love. Um, Oh, yeah, I
1: am. I am uh, on on Instagram. I am Kirsten Vangsness. It's the one with the blue check by it. um, And the one that's spelled just as strangely as you'd imagine. And uh, and then on Twitter, I'm at Vangsness. And um, I have a website, which is uh, KirstenVangsis.com and I do a show on YouTube called Kirsten's Agenda um, and that's where you can find me.
0: Thank you so much to Kirsten. She's just so cool. Oh, I love that. That was a fun conversation. And if you want to hear a little bit more, go to patreon.com slash on my second tier to hear Kirsten's thoughts on various paranormal topics in rapid fire and um you can also see on my first tier my video of me talking about ebay dolls that are allegedly haunted as always you can find me on cameo cameo.com i am on instagram at ros hernandez please give this show five stars on Apple Podcasts. And I would love to hear your ghost stories, either in a review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you could also just leave a nice review or not say anything. Just give us five stars. I'll take it. Sure, why not? Also, if you want to be on a listener episode, send me an email at ghosted. By Roz at gmail.com and you can put in the subject line listener episode and give me a couple of little details about the kinds of ghost stories that you might want to tell and we can maybe work something out. You also have a Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dresfelez I have merch that you can find in the link in my Instagram bio and please be subscribed to this show because I will be back here next week with one of my favorite tv psychics slash occult experts i have got michelle belanger who is so fucking rad we had a great that now that conversation will be a two-parter um there we talked for a minute and it was so cool and Michelle, if you don't know Michelle, you can see her on um, Portals to Hell, one of my favorites, on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. And also, you could see Michelle um, on Paranormal State. She's done a she's done a handful of paranormal TV shows, but just a, a wealth of knowledge. And we talk about demons and psychic abilities and all kinds of things. So tune in for that next week and the week after that. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay,
1: bye. A podcast a podcast network.